Hi, friends. I'm Tierney. And I'm Shelby. And we're dead, dead drunk. drunk. Home break-ins are not as common as they used to be, especially now that everyone has door cameras to deter criminals with the threat of being identified. At least, it's minimized people trying to break in from outside of your apartment. But what if there was a way to get in from the inside? How absolutely terrifying would that be? Today we're talking about a case that no one's talked about in a long time. A case that resurfaced in the media because of a TikTok posted by user Samantha Hartsoe and an unusual find in her Manhattan apartment. You already know from the title, but today we're talking about the murder of Ruthie Mae McCoy. Our cocktail this week is from a place called the Mirror Cocktail Bar, and it actually is in Slovakia, which is super cool. So the cocktail from this Slovakian Mirror Cocktail Bar is called Pass the Mirror. Do you notice a theme yet? What you're going to do to make this cocktail is take some bullet bourbon, blackberry curd, lemon, and milk oolong soda. Which, from my understanding, is like a cream soda tea. And you can buy tea bags of it on Amazon, if you feel so inclined. So you mix all that together, and that is the Past the Mirror Cocktail. Sidebar, the bar called the the Mirror Cocktail Bar looked so cool. Their website will be linked in our sources. Um, They just they it looks so cool if you live anywhere near Bratislava Slovakia please go and send us pictures because they have like greenery and like bonsai trees and it's just like such a cool vibe so I was scrolling on TikTok the other day as one does and I came across a video that was posted by a user named Samantha Hartso and she's a woman who lives in a Manhattan apartment She claimed to have felt a cold breeze coming from behind her bathroom mirror. So she decided to take the mirror down and check it out, see what was behind it. And what she found was a giant, like, square-shaped hole. So after donning a headlamp, Hartso climbed through the hole to see what was on the other side. And to her surprise... An entire apartment that had seemingly been abandoned existed on the other mirror. And so many commenters on this TikTok were excited for her because in New York City, where apartments are notoriously small, she had just pretty much doubled her living area if she wanted to. You know what I mean? So everyone was like, wait, that's so cool. But what was weird is there was a core water bottle in there. So maybe somebody had been there not that long ago. And so some people were like, you need to report this as like a spying situation. Somebody might be in there watching you. And I mean, that's just insanely creepy. But for some people, this this setup with the apartment through the mirror reminded them of a case because it was eerily similar to the living situation of Ruthie Mae McCoy in Chicago in 1987. So Ruthie 
was also called Miss May around the neighborhood. She was one of those people that would walk around and you would just recognize them. They would always be acting a little odd um, because Ruthie had a history of mental health issues and was actually schizophrenic. But she did also receive regular psychiatric care at a clinic at Mount Sinai Hospital in Chicago. You know, she's she's doing all right. She is 52 years old at this time, and she actually took a van to and from the clinic with some of the other patients that lived nearby or in her building. On April 22nd, Ruthie was in this van coming home from the hospital, and she turned to one of the women that she was riding with in the van and basically told them that somebody had threatened her life. And so this woman's like, Ruthie, girl, tell somebody at the clinic. Like, why are you like, don't keep this a secret. You should be talking about this to the to your therapist or to whoever she's seeing at the clinic. And Ruthie kind of brushed it off because I think she didn't want to get anyone involved. I don't think she was 100 percent sure if it was you know, voices in her head or if it was a hallucination or if it was something real that she needed to be concerned about. We're going to talk a little about her living situation now. So Miss May lived on the south side of Chicago in what today we would probably refer to as Section 8 housing. The apartments were referred to as the ABLA apartments and sometimes people even just call them the projects. Ruthie lived in one of the buildings. I think there were seven different high-rise buildings. And she lived in a 15-story Y-shaped building that was called the Grace Abbott Homes, which happened to be the most dangerous building in this complex. And it was known for break-ins, drugs, violence, all that kind of stuff. I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about it later. Um, but none of this soothed Ruthie's worries, right? It was a place where you were living that you were always looking around the corner, always making sure nobody was behind you or that kind of stuff. So it's April 22nd, 1987. Ruthie arrives back to her 11th floor apartment. It's on the end of the hallway. And she kind of goes about her night as usual. It's 845. She's probably, you know, getting ready for bed. She's eating dinner, you know all that jazz maybe she's watching golden girls i don't know her but at 8 45 she makes a call to 911. and here's the transcript according to an article from the chicago reader shelby i sent it to you in the chat will you be the dispatcher for me yes take it away I'm arrested at 1440 west 13th street and some people next door are totally tearing this down you know what are they doing, ma'am? They want to break in? Yeah, they throwed the cabinet down. From where? I'm I'm in the projects. I'm on the other side. You you can reach you can reach my bathroom. Um, they they want to come through the bathroom. All right, ma'am. At what address? Forty West Thirteenth Street, apartment eleven oh nine. The elevator's working. Eleven oh nine. All right. What's your name, ma'am? Ruth McCoy. All right. I'll send you the police. So apparently the dispatcher was confused with exactly what was going on in Ruthie's apartment. Um, so he sent a car to her location with the report that there had been a disturbance with a neighbor. And because of this classification, the officer was not really in a hurry to get there. But he did ask Ruth whether or not they want to break in. He and asked she her. she said, yeah. Yeah. Right? He asked if... And... It is a very unusual type of break-in that we will 
we will find later and you probably know from you know the intro and all that stuff but so maybe that's why he's confused to me the part about her saying the elevator is working is only giving us more of a sense of how run down and how like scary these apartments were Oh, yeah. I, I also got a sense of urgency from that one. Just saying, like, yeah. just get here. The elevator's working. You can take the elevator. Just get here now. Yeah. What we'll come to know about these apartments, and I'll, I'm going to talk more about the crime and all that stuff that goes on there. Um, but, like, the elevators were never working. They were always run down. There was always stuff Oh, so that was a typical thing you might say right. yeah. to the police. Oh, because okay. The police are there a lot, and a lot of the times the elevator doesn't work. Okay. I mean, they would probably avoid it anyway, I would think, just to not have that happen to them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so the dispatcher was confused. They sent the person. Um, but by 9.02, another call came in from the apartment building. And at this point, a woman called and said she was walking through the hallway and she heard gunshots coming from inside apartment 1109. Two minutes later, at 9.04, a second neighbor called, reporting gunshots and shouting from apartment 1109. Yeah, so the dispatcher's call of a neighborly dispute was kind of off by a lot. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, uh, obviously a neighborly dispute escalated like a lot. So, around this time, four officers arrive at the door of Ruthie's apartment. Okay, so all the calls got through and everybody was called. Finally, everyone's like, Finally. Yeah. So, they knock multiple times at her door, but nobody answers. And so, then they decide to call her phone. And they stand there and they hear her phone ring over and over and over again with no answer. Okay, so at what point are you going to break down the door? You're a police officer, so there's literally no liability for you at all if you break down this woman's door, so break it. Yeah, that, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's my mindset too, but as we'll see, um, that's not what happens. So they then try to get a key to the door from like the landlord or the, the rental office, um, but nobody could find the correct key. Obviously, this place is just not run very well. Okay. Um, so then they decide, oh, let's go try to talk to the neighbors that are around here. These guys are See the four stooges of the, of the Chicago police officer. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, ridiculous. Right? That's yeah. So just they're going to go talk in. to the neighbors and see if anyone has any idea of what could have been going on. So they talk to people. It doesn't help them very much. Most neighbors didn't answer their door with when the police are coming. They're probably like doing drugs or, you know, something. They're um, they're just they're definitely the kind of people that don't want to answer the door if the police are at the door. Right. So <laughs> most didn't answer. Some said they had no idea there were even gunshots because they didn't hear them. Maybe they weren't there at the exact time, or maybe they were in the sh- shower. I don't know. I, I feel um, like you'd hear it in the shower, but I think if you were I don't know like that was um, obscenely that high, was the, maybe you. That was it? the alibi that um, Chutney gave in Legally Blonde. Yeah, so it doesn't that work. she didn't hear the gunshots because <laughs> she was in the shower. No, but they proved that she wasn't actually in the shower because she still had a perm. And the yeah, ammonium flyglocolate would have broken down her curls. We still don't know if 
you can hear gunshots in the shower. I'm not going to Google it because it feels like <laughs> that's a red flag on your Google history. But that's true. I um, I would I, say I don't know. they just said they, they couldn't hear him. I would think. So if I could hear my front door, I just feel like you'd be able to hear a gunshot, at least on your floor, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I agree. But maybe they maybe they were arriving home shortly after that or something. I don't know. My other thought was that they were just obscenely high and did not register what they heard, in which case they lie. Or they don't want to get involved. Well, that because because I don't want to be next. Well, that Um, yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine that anyone would want to get involved. Right. There was another neighbor that said an old woman lives in 1109, which, like, chill. She was 52. Come on. <laughs> um, and says that she always opens her door. So they were concerned that she might have opened it to the wrong person. Yeah, that's a possible capability. Possibility. Possible capability. Yeah. Who am I? What is that? That's a possibility for sure. <laughs> right. So if you were an officer in this situation, what would you do next? Uh, what I would have done in the first place, which is kick in that door. Because yes, if she would you. have answered it and didn't, mm, this is yeah. a person in distress. Exactly. Thank you. Well, these officers decided to leave. <laughs> they were like, oh, I guess I guess our job here is done. <laughs> Good job, boys. Great job, Chicago PD. You have always been on the ball. Yes. I really think they're somewhere up there in the top five worst with, like, obviously LAPD number one. But I think they're somewhere up there. Also, I believe maybe NYPD is in there as well. Yeah, I agree. But we're just taking really big cities. It's just like you could take all officers. Yeah, because that's where most of the crimes happen. So yeah, and in the eighties, crime was like, oh, I don't even care. Like the (laughs) the officers were. That was the time of the most corruption, right? But you know what I mean. Like the eight nineteen eighties was like, oh yeah, time to be alive. Um. <laughs> I love when people are like, "Oh, the greatest decades were the '70s and the '80s." And no, mm, no, I don't know about that. There were a lot of people murdering a lot more people yeah. back then. There was, <laughs> yeah. Don't know that I want to be uh, alive and young at the same time that Ted Bundy is walking around. For is me. alive and no? young? Yeah. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, the next day. Deborah Lasley called the police and she was a neighbor that lived on the same floor as Ruthie. And she claimed that Ruthie usually stopped by her apartment every morning and every afternoon on her way in and out of the building. But that day she hadn't. And so after all the commotion from the night before, Deborah kind of put two and two together and decided, okay, something's very wrong. Thank God for Deborah. Cause the police apparently aren't, <laughs> don't no, know. They're how not to great. Put- a re- they're putting a round peg through a square hole. They don't know what they're doing. They're so it's right there. This is yeah. the easiest puzzle in the world. <laughs> yeah, seriously. So after Deborah's call, six police officers and about four or five security guards that from the complex all go over to apartment eleven oh nine and they try knocking again. Why? Stop knocking. You're this again. time. No, you're a police officer. You can kick anything you want. (laughs) So this time the police officers decide, hey, we should probably just break the door down. Oh, thank God. 
But the security guards that are with them are like, no, you shouldn't do that. Like, what if there's nothing wrong? The tenant's going to sue you. Like, you shouldn't break the door down. Okay, I'm sorry. The security guards talk to the police? Last time yes. I checked, security guards are down here. And police officers are way up, not even in the same <laughs> in the I know, same but the security <laughs> guard's like, I don't think you should do that. No, like, don't break the door down. That's, like, not good. And so the police officer's like, yeah, you're right. Okay. And they leave. <laughs> what is happening? 1987 Chicago is the most bonkers city in the world, apparently, where if you call the police and a woman is clearly dead in her apartment, they're just going to go, oh, you're right. Maybe we yeah. shouldn't break down that door. I don't want anyone to sue me. You're right. Come on, boys. Good job. Our job here's done. Good job. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> Let's go take those bribes from the mob now. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, drunkies, but we would like to take a minute to tell you about a podcast we really love called Imbibe the Vibe. Kind of like our podcasts, the hosts Alex and Jackson talk about signature cocktails in each episode, but instead of pairing them with true crime cases, they pair them with music, and it's super cool. So here they are to tell you a little bit more themselves. Hey, this is Alex and Jackson from the Imbibe the Vibe podcast. It's a show where we take music, we take cocktails, and we put them together. And we also teach you how to make those fancy cocktails from scratch so you can do it at home. The same way you would pair a fine meal with an exquisite wine. We pair fine music with exquisite fancy cocktails. Listen to us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your pod. And remember, have fun out there. Have fun, why don't you? And back to the regularly scheduled programming. Okay. It's a really good advertisement voice. Oh my gosh, thanks. Like I would buy any kind of pharmaceutical from you. <laughs> <laughs> Side effects may include drowsiness. <laughs> okay, so the next day, Deborah Lasley is kind of like, what the fuck? Why didn't the, like, what? <laughs> So she goes to, like, the business office of the complex. And so they finally get a carpenter to come drill the lock off of the door so they can get in. If that was an option the entire time, why did it take a neighbor asking the office to do it? Why couldn't the police? Uh, I don't know. But upon entering the building, they found Ruthie. She was lying on her side on her bedroom floor. One hand was on her chest. One of her shoes was off. And there were papers and coins strewn all around her. And she was lying in a pool of blood. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like we all knew that that was coming. and yeah. Except for the police, for right. some reason. When they later turned her over slightly, like when the police came, they reported that the smell of rotting flesh just rose through the apartment. Oh my god! Well, how because long she has had it been, been lying there for? I mean, probably t like two to three days at this point. But oh still, god. they yeah. were outside of her door like fifth, like fifteen minutes later. So, what the? I I thought you were gonna say that it was not a fatal wound. Like it was like had they broken in there. No, I'll I'll tell you. She was shot four times. Once in the shoulder, once in the left thigh, once in the abdomen that passed through her liver, and then 
once through her upper right arm and into her chest, which is what they believe was the shot that killed her. They also did report that because of the extent of these injuries, Ruthie probably wouldn't have survived being transported to the hospital, even if the police had broken in right away. So it was a, I mean, they definitely should have acted before they did and a hundred percent, you know, broken down her door. But in, in this case, it, it, yeah, it wouldn't have made a difference. So sorry if you're going to go into this later, but the the shot, those are odd places. Does that mean she was like trying to run away from them or fighting them? Um, I'm not really sure. Um, I will say that I think they think it was more than one person. Oh, so it might have okay. been coming from two different weapons. I'm not sure. Okay. That's what it's just so odd that one is in the thigh and the abdomen and then it yeah the, it might have been that she was running away but yeah it would be weird to be shot that many times and yeah the shoulder shot definitely into the chest feels like something that would have been um from behind yeah and from somebody taller if it's going yeah if it's going through her right arm through her left thigh yeah through her abdomen um, like it yeah it's it's she's definitely like turning or shoulder or running or something. I, w- I don't be... know what shoulder it was. Oh, OK. Um, but it definitely feels like. But it almost feels taller. like somebody shot her in the shoulder and then through the right arm. And then maybe somebody else shot her in the abdomen going through her liver and in her left thigh. Oh, OK. Like I, I don't two people. Somebody was aiming at her upper body. Somebody was aiming at her. That's lower what body. I would guess. But I, I don't know. Okay. So at the time, for some reason, reports claimed that there was no indication of an intruder forcing their way in. And that they all kind of thought Ruthie probably knew the person and let them in, opened her door like that neighborhood said. Um, Is that until the 911 call? Because if you go back and you listen to that first one. This is despite the original 911 call. So I'm not really sure why. Maybe the apartment complex wanted to cover up that something we're about to talk about. If you already have such a bad reputation, what can you possibly lose just by being like, oh, yeah, this woman, they broke into our apartment. I don't know from where, though. You don't. Yeah. Yeah. You don't. But finally, um, a Tribune article posted the real story that Ruthie had been murdered by somebody who entered her apartment through the medicine cabinet in her bathroom. That's insane. That's insane. Yeah. It, so literally kind of through the mirror, just like Sarah, right? Is her name Sarah? Yes. I remember? Yeah. Like yeah. just like that. You would take down the mirror and there was like a hole behind it. And this raised many questions. Number one, what kind of place was she living in that somebody could break in through a medicine cabinet? And number two, why did the police not break down her door immediately? Don't forget about number three. Is there a hole behind my mirror, too? (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) You have to imagine that when that story came out, people in the city were like, um, hold on. Can you take down the bathroom mirror, please, honey? Because, like, we have to check if there's a hole behind it. (laughs) Yeah. Seriously. I mean, I totally would. Um, But because of the apparent violence in this complex, Ruthie's story was not a headline. People, it it was like far down on like. Oh, it was just like another mention in the newsletter. Yeah. Just like. Yeah. Oh, Oh, by the way. Yeah. 
Because people in this building, according to the Chicago Reader, did things like throw babies out of windows, throw teenage bodies down elevator chutes, and literally bust through the walls of people's apartment to rob and murder them. Oh, okay. So Ruth Ruthie's murder was just the least exciting of the murders that month yes. or that week. Point blank to the editors, to the people that lived in the building, there was nothing unusual about what had happened to Ruthie. That's horrifying. Yeah. The entire building is horrifying. Yeah, but That's... people, according to the janitor, people had been breaking through medicine cabinets in this building for like over a year to the extent that many residents would put furniture in front of their bathroom doors at night and tie the doors shut with ropes to make sure that nobody ki- like entered their apartment to rob them or kill them while they were sleeping. I'm baffled that this is not a bigger issue for the police. Yeah. The fact that the most dangerous apartment complex in this section of Chicago, it, which is already a dangerous section, is not... It's just like allowing the dangerous people to crawl between apartments like that's Yeah. Um I I feel like I've I learned this in the Kanika Jenkins case because that was also Chicago. Um that a lot of the time police do not take these cases of violence seriously, especially when it comes to um people that are in poverty, people that are black, people you know um chicago pd sucks sorry if you're listening (laughs) you suck Um, you can prove us wrong though just historically you have sucked you don't have to continue sucking that's a good point everybody keep that in mind you don't have to keep sucking you can always turn it around you're right you're right you're right So, according to this janitor that they talked to, the building was constructed in a very unusual way to allow for easy access to do maintenance. So, each apartment was connected to an adjacent apartment through a hole behind the medicine cabinet. I'm, I'm just not sure that's the most efficient way to do maintenance. Yeah, I guess it's because they could, like, they could just take it down and get right to the pipes. Oh, oh, Okay. Okay, yeah. So I guess what you he's had to like, sense, go, if like, you were in this hole, you had to like shibby around some pipes to get into the other one. Oh, okay. That's that makes a little bit more sense, but it's just still so stupid. Oh yeah. And, <laughs> and not only this, but once you were in the wall, it wasn't that difficult to move up or down to the other apartments in the building, or oh, over. So you- could basically get so you anywhere. could get into this wall and probably have access to several apartments it's like a mario pipe situation where... yeah according to the janitor oh, okay. it's the way to go from one apartment to the next even if you're not killing anybody what the hell so yeah. this is just so creepy and stupid that you thought oh yeah let's make maintenance a little bit easier in the Apartment building with the highest crime rate in Chicago. I don't. Yeah. I understand. know. It's because they don't care. <laughs> I mean, I. it's just. I understand if the community is desensitized, but for the police, this is your actual this job. This is your job, yeah. And you could have figured that out by, I don't know, asking maintenance or checking on the building. Right. Once in a while, you could probably find blueprints of it, right? It's just. Mm-hmm. It's baffling to me. It 
it's crazy. So the first lead that was investigated by police was obviously looking into apartment 1108 because that was the adjacent apartment. It was being rented, but it was not occupied by its renter. It wasn't uncommon for drug dealers to sublet apartments so that they could sell drugs out of them without their name on them. So they would, somebody would rent it and then they would rent it out to somebody that, you know, didn't want to be associated. But this was not permitted by the lease agreement. People did it anyway. So police talked to a man named Tim Brown a few days later, and he claimed to have been hanging out in 1108 for most of the day with a man named Corey Flournoy. He said they were later joined by a man named Ronald Coleman, Edward Turner, and John Hondras. Brown says that he witnessed Coleman showing Turner and Hondras how to enter the adjacent apartment through the hole behind the mirror. He says then at some point, Flournoy and Coleman left and it was just Tim Brown alone with Turner and Hondras in the apartment. Brown says he witnessed Turner and Hondras break through the mirror, heard several gunshots, then saw them come back through the wall, one carrying a TV and one carrying a rocking chair, which is just a bizarre thing to steal and then shimmy through the pipes in the apartment. But that's yeah i don't even know how so the hole is huge then right and then you get a rocking chair this is bonkers also case closed like this uh, i know that this guy is an unreliable narrator but i mean it's a pretty great story although i was laughing through a lot of it because flournoy i know i i don't even know if i'm saying it right but i couldn't say it any other way i'm so sorry (laughs) flournoy but i that's the funniest. It's a bad name. Yeah. That's such a funny name. <laughs> I don't even know that it's bad because you can't really. How would you twist that in a terrible light? I don't know. I, I can't. It's just weird. Yeah. Like, that's Flournoy. True. And then it just feels like an alien. Not a. Hoimanoi, <laughs> Flournoi. <laughs> yeah. You're from another planet, Flournoi. Seriously. I'm, from I'm kind of happy Flournoy. that it's. I'm kind of happy that it's not looking like it's Flournoy, but I feel like Flournoy is going to have something to do with it. Because, like, why would you show them? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it's definitely weird. <laughs> um, oh, no. Coleman showed them. So Flournoy's fine. He's he's clean. Oh, oh okay. So Hondras and Turner. Well, not clean. Oh, well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Probably, Probably not clean. <laughs> so Hondras and Turner were arrested for the murder of Ruthie Mae McCoy. Hondras was 22 years old and Turner was just 19. Oh, my gosh. However, there were discrepancies with Brown's story. He had Uh first tried to say that he wasn't even there that day. Then he changed his story and said, you know what? I was there, but they didn't break in until 1130 p.m. And then he also said that they had left the door unlocked so that they could later go back and collect shell casings from just the door instead of going through the um the hole oh. but this was proved untrue by the fact that the police couldn't enter the apartment yeah so now that unreliable narrator thing that i mentioned is coming back on into play and guess what he doesn't stop changing his story. <laughs> they never do, do they? <laughs> no, they don't. At trial, Tim Brown changed his story again, 
saying that this time it was Hondras and Coleman that broke in and Turner just wasn't involved. Okay, so he has he either knows exactly what happened and he's lying um, egregiously for no reason just because because it's not serving his case or he's an idiot and he has zero idea what happened. <laughs> yeah. But then Turner's girlfriend takes the stand and she testifies that he came to her apartment afterwards and bragged that he had shot someone. So that puts Turner back into the story. Oh, that's not a good look, Turner. That's not a good look. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to read a summary of Tim Brown's story that he presented in court. And yes, it's from Reddit because honestly, some of the best information comes from Reddit, especially with these cases that there's not a lot of information out there about. Like Reddit just, you know, has everything. Reddit for the win. Yeah. So user Keep Honey- holding diamond hands. <laughs> Keep holding. <laughs> so user Honey Minx wrote, quote, He said he was in number 1108 when he heard several gunshots next door. He ran down to the lobby. Hondras came down alone 30 minutes after everyone else. He said he had only been trying to brag to more, somebody knew, when he said he shot someone, but he hadn't meant it at all. At 2 a.m., he went back to the hallway of 1108-1109 and saw a TV sitting outside. Belder, another new person, was coming out of 1108 with a rocking chair. Belder asked for help carrying either item. Turner notified 1109's door ajar, and so he took a peek in. He saw a bloody bedroom. He came out to help with the TV. Hondras came out of 1108. Belder just put the rocking chair and walked away. Hondras picked up the chair. He acknowledged going around to the various apartments after trying to stash the items. Okay, that's a very different story from the beginning. Yeah. And it's weird. It's really weird. Yeah. And because of the disorganization of this entire trial, Hondras and Turner were found not guilty. Oh, my God. Since then, no one else has been charged in connection with Ruthie's murder. That's the end. Holy crap. Okay. So I think for sure we know that it was Turner, at least. Right? I don't know. I mean, it is weird that he would go to his girlfriend and, you know, say, I I shot somebody. Yeah, that's a weird thing to convey to your girlfriend if you didn't shoot somebody. I don't know. And I don't know why you would brag about it anyway. But if you hadn't, you definitely wouldn't. So, right. I mean, it's weird. And the fact that she took the stand, I mean, that could be brought into question as well. I could see people saying like, oh, she just wants to get back at him or something like that. But or she could have been so alarmed that this ended the relationship. And now she's testifying that to what he really said. Yeah. I don't know. I'm kind of inclined to believe the girlfriend more than I believe Tim Brown. Yeah. Tim Brown is definitely an unreliable narrator. Yeah. No, he sucks. But <laughs> like, but he did at least tell us, I think that the first story is probably the most reliable one, as I'm sure the police do, too, because your first one you tell is going to have the most details. And then after that, it's going to get a little bit fuzzy. But so the first few names that he said were probably there, at least. Yeah. That night. And that was Flournoy somebody I tim brown remember. was there for sure <laughs> right tim brown was for sure there turner hunt hun 
Hunders? Hunders? Hunders. But you know what this Hunders? reminds me of, though, too, is the Adnan Syed case where... Um, where he changes his story so where many times. Jake just keeps changing his story over and over and over again. And uh, it almost makes me wonder if Tim Brown wasn't involved, but did have charges for drugs or something. And you know, maybe the police. Oh, and in response for testifying, those charges would be dropped. I could see that. The other thing that came to my mind was what if the other people are smarter than he is. What if he's an idiot drug user and they just knew that by getting him all drugged up and sitting him there, he would misremember. Yeah, things. maybe. I don't know. I, I feel like there's so the many possibilities, that his... but I, I oh, yeah. do. I, I don't know. I do feel like at least one of those guys knows what actually happened. Oh, for sure. I think most of those guys probably know what actually yeah. happens, except definitely Tim Brown. He, clearly has no idea <laughs> yeah. but even if he did know, but the other he guys doesn't anymore yeah. um but the other guys somebody probably i think at least turner knows exactly what happened yeah um there is not a, there's not a happy ending to this obviously uh, but the right. victim's daughter vernita mccoy this is ruthie's daughter ended up suing the chicago housing authority in 1988 for um, the cause of her mother's death. And I believe she won that. Good. Good. So. Because that's exactly. It is their fault. If you know that there's a secret passageway leading from one apartment to the next apartment in the apartment building with the highest crime rate in the city. You should probably do something about that. Yeah. It's just... honestly insane. Uh, but oh. yeah, that's our that's our case. Do you want to plug our, our socials? <laughs> Sure. Um, if you want to tell us how frustrated you are that there isn't a definite answer to this case, you can go ahead and email us at deaddrunkpod at gmail.com. Or better yet, you can come let your frustrations out on Facebook in a discussion with us on either our Facebook page, Dead Drunk, a true crime podcast, and Dead Drunk Discussions, where we'll talk about anything with you. But if you want to follow us on Instagram where we live, you can follow us at Dead Drunk Crime share pictures of this drink share pictures of this drink in slovakia if you're there i <laughs> go to slovakia order this drink and report back to me as soon as possible yeah i'm sure that slovakia doesn't have the new strain of covid and they're probably all good by now but <laughs> that's just a guess a so wild let's guess all take don't a trip to slovakia are. together <laughs> it'll be so fun it'll be so fun we'll hang out at the window there's no tunnel behind it so the mirror Leaving there's no tunnel behind through it <laughs> see nowadays that's what the tunnel would be used for so i'm just gonna sing through this tunnel waving through bed. my medicine cabinet <laughs> okay i'm forgetting some stuff this uh we have merch well. it's down in the show notes uh we have patreon patreon.com slash dead drunk We've unlocked Israel Keys. You can get it all immediately. I don't know why you're not there already. <laughs> and here's our chaser because yeah. next week is St. Patrick's Day and we're not posting a regular episode next week. So here is a fun St. Patrick's Day quiz to see how much we really know about March 17th. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. I'm not ready for St. Patrick's Day at home, though. I oh, kind of miss yeah. Mahoney's on that day. 
Really just that day. Okay, like- let's go. Twist <laughs> my arm. I don't have to twist your arm. You're fully vaccinated. I know. I literally will just go. <laughs> Me though. I'm, I'm going go- out for drinks with like three of my coworkers. Gonna be on in a Friday. hazmat suit with like there's this <laughs> the hazmat suit from It's Always Sunny where there's a slot where you could put a beer bottle and then it flows down into the <laughs> That's um, what I need. I'm going out for like a drink after work with like three of my coworkers on Friday. And I like don't have to feel guilty about it. We're all vaccinated, but it's also like, oh my God, like I'm going out. I mean, we're literally going to be sitting at a table and probably have masks on and everything, but it's still like, but still, I, I guilty about going outside. When I, I asked it. you what you were doing on Friday and you were like, I'm going out for drinks. I was like, that's so exciting. I know. That's <laughs> thing again. Yeah. <laughs> Cause every time uh, obviously still me, wearing masks, yeah. like not at the table, but I mean, it, it's still a pandemic, but <laughs> I just I feel much more comfortable like going to a restaurant and like I think we're sitting outside but like you know yeah no I'm, just, I'm excited I'm excited too that's so exciting I Yay, get vaccinated if you can <laughs> if you can't that's okay you could just sit at home like me and continue <laughs> to ride the wave of I'm sorry I can't go out I'm not vaccinated <laughs> <laughs> I I hate it because now I have to come up with another reason not to hang out with people I know. I was just thinking the other day, like, wow, this is kind of like when you were younger and you were like, mom, say no. Yeah. Like, I have to ask my mom. And then you're like, say no. But this time you're like, I can't come out because of COVID. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Exactly. All right. It's question number one. Woo. Here we go. People traditionally wear green on St. Patrick's Day to of what? Getting kissed, getting pinched, one year back luck. I think it means bad luck. People not knowing they're Irish. I honestly don't know what it means. Is it pinched? I think so. I think you're allowed to pinch people if they're not wearing green. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. I mean, technically, if we want to get real, you shouldn't pinch anybody without their consent. Unless you know that person, and it would be funny. Then I think you could do it. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, that is true, actually. Um, Yeah. Just so we know, consent is important, unless it's like your best friend, and then go for it. And then go for it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay oh my god what happened hello quiz okay saint patrick was what yes. nationality <laughs> irish german scottish or british uh irish i feel like this is a trick question that i feel like it's a trick question too i feel like maybe he's not irish yeah, but I don't know what else he would be. Isn't the name Patrick traditionally Irish too? Or is it Scottish? Sco- uh. Sco- Scottish. Should we say Irish? Scottish? Irish. Scottish? Yeah, I, I'm going to. I just think Irish. Irish. He's Scottish. Wait, that was an option? Yes. Oh, I thought you said British. Oh, and well, that was also an option. Oh, they were all an option. Yes, but oh. he's Scottish. Interesting. Okay. I would not have guessed Scott. Yeah, Scottish, why would honestly. you? I would. <laughs> so, what did St. Patrick believe a shamrock represented? Good luck, good fortune, the Holy Trinity, or nature? I think the Holy Trinity. Correct. I would have guessed good luck, but I guess now it's giving <laughs> us trick questions. That's the four leaf. Oh, the, yeah, the yeah, yeah. You're clovers. right. You're totally yeah. right. Yeah. Which U.S. city dyes its river green annually to celebrate St. Patrick's Day? Boston, Detroit, Chicago, or New York City? Okay, well, Boston's the only one stupid enough to do that, right? Because that's, that's so dumb. 
You <laughs> well, if it's, we think about our case today, what city is super dumb? Yeah, I I was going to say that. <laughs> According to our case today, Chicago might be dumber than Boston. But when we're talking St. Patrick's Day, Boston, for sure. No, it's got to be Boston. It's Chicago. It's not? It's Chicago. No! Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, it's Chicago. I thought they would have been stupid. They probably... Yeah. Okay. Never mind. That is also That's- where David Dobrik is like from now. Like he grew up in Chicago. So that's probably why it's stupid. Oh my God. It's like a <laughs> David Dobrik episode. So lucky in Chicago. <laughs> That's so weird. I would have never thought. Is there a high population of Irish people in Chicago? I think so. Why? I don't know. I just remember my friend Abby went there during St. St. Patrick's Day and took a picture in front of a green river. So that's why I know. That's so weird. Yeah, also, is is that not bad for the river? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I just have more it's questions. Fun, though. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is it? What do you do with it? It's just green? I well, Chicago is so fun. They have like bars all along their river, so you can like do a bar crawl. That's cool. But I just don't get how uh, the river being green. I don't know. It's like a sight to see people come to Oh, go there well, for St. Patrick's Day because of that like tradition. I guess. I still find it very stupid. It's very <laughs> stupid. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> Number five. According to myth, when is the best time to sneak up on a leprechaun? When he's taking a nap, when he's counting gold, while he's mending his shoes, or when he's eating? When he's counting gold, probably. When he's mending his shoes. Why? I don't know. Why would you want to sneak up on a leprechaun? I th- think they're creepy I, and I want to, to take their gold. Yeah, I guess. What was St. Patrick's I, given birth name? Henry O'Malley, Patrick O'Reilly, Gabriel McSweeney, or a Maywin Suck it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just kind of want to pick the McSweeney one. That's probably not it, but like. It was Maywin Suck it. <laughs> I <laughs> no, don't uh. think I'm saying that correctly. M A E W Y N. S-U-C-C-A-T. Oh, it's in Gaelic? I guess, yeah. Oh, then that's the that's it. Obviously. Well, I, I didn't know that it was, was Gaelic. I'm I thought it was just some made-up name. <laughs> it's made up the way I said it. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> How would you pronounce that? I have no idea. Okay, I can't speak Gaelic. I'm very far in Duolingo's Italian, but I have not, in fact, started the Gaelic. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Number seven. How many pints of Guinness are consumed worldwide on St. Patrick's Day? 13 million, 1 million, 6 million, 1 billion. 1 billion or 13 million. But I was always going to go with the billion if that was an option. <laughs> 13 million is the correct answer. Woo. Well, I was half right. Yeah, you, that was yeah, my second guess. <laughs> which of the following colors are in the irish flag let's see if you can get this one without me it's orange white and green yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> myth says that if a human catches a leprechaun he has the ability to do what in turn for his release give you his shoes grant three wishes reveal the secret to life or lead you to his gold uh, it's either the wishes or the gold, but I think it's the gold. It was the wishes. I guess that's ah. why somebody would want to sneak up on a leprechaun. 
Yeah, that makes a little bit more sense than the gold. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know why I was thinking that. That was just associated with leprechauns. Yeah, I guess. Also, so. I I got lost trying to think of what the Slovakian flag might look like. Because <laughs> um, I, I do not red know and that blue. one. <laughs> oh, like most of the flags over there? I mean, yeah, <laughs> but when I was on the, the Mirror Cocktail Bar website, I saw a little tiny one. I think it's like red and blue with like some kind of design in the middle. I can oh, ask okay. Adam because he now sells flags for his job. Really? Yeah. Oh. So if you are uh, in need of a flag, anybody listening, please email Adam at GettysburgFlag.com. <laughs> they decided his last name was too much to put on his email, so he's just That's Adam. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> you could just email him anyway. Yeah. Just like email him <laughs> nice, get nice like, things. <laughs> hey, I thought you might like this. And it's just like a TikTok about flags. <laughs> All right, and the final question, which of these colors was originally associated with St. Patrick's Day? Orange, blue, white, or green? Was originally, but isn't anymore? I don't know. It doesn't say that. I don't know, because green is, like, the go-to answer, but I feel like I've been tricked a lot. But, like, I don't want to... Just green. I don't know. It's probably orange, though. It was blue. What the hell? I don't know. We you can't have blue. You have all the other ones. <laughs> we got four out of ten. It says you are knowledge is worth a pot of gold. You are knowledge is worth a pot of gold. Yep, and that's what I will leave that's you with today, drunkies. What wisdom. Truly. <laughs> what we can learn from the leprechauns. <laughs> Truly. Best wishes. Warm. <laughs> Warmest regards. 